Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Latter-day Takes. Happy to have you back on today's episode. The bulk of the episode is about Brian's experience going through the temple for the first time. That happened last weekend. We get into the nitty-gritty of it all. It was an awesome experience. I loved being with, like being a witness to all of that, uh, just seeing how it played out with him and his family and how it all resulted in him just being pumped to be even deeper into the gospel. Um, before we get to that, though, uh, Brian and I talk about various topics. He taught seminary this week. We talk about actual Super Bowl results, how it how it ended, and uh, we didn't pre-tape anything this time. Had a little back and forth there, what we liked, what we didn't like, things like that. We also talk about a little bit of, get a little bit of a blurb of an episode I want to do at some time near the future uh, when we talk about people we can't be friends with. And in there, we talk about mustache guys and guys that rock a mustache and what the differences there are and people like that so anyway hope you all enjoy this episode happy to be back we will miss next week because i'll be in costa rica uh i'll come back the following week give you a report brian and i will be back at it again and we'll go from there i love you all catch you on the other side before we get to the rest of the podcast i'd like to talk to you quickly about odyssey snacks odyssey snacks provide some of my favorite protein bars in the world Now, they've got six different flavors, mint chocolate brownie, peanut butter, chocolate chip, dark chocolate almond, vanilla blueberry, mocha chocolate crisp, and my personal favorite, banana chocolate chip peanut butter. You can get 10% off if you use my discount code, HARPY10. You can go to odysseysnacks.com. That's where you can enter in the promo code at checkout, or you can just type in odysseysnacks.com slash harpy10, and that'll give you 10% off of your order. Anything you order, you can get 10% off. Anyway, just want to share with you how much I love these. They've got a great prebiotic in them that kind of just helps you with the digestive tract, all that stuff. They're great with the macronutrients, a good amount of fat, carbs, and protein across the board. They're great for feeling satisfied. They're great for eating and then working out or working out and then eating. I'm a big fan of these bars. They don't get you bloated. That's the big, amazing part of this. Anyway, it's odysseysnacks.com slash harpy10, or you can enter in harpy, H-A-R-P-E-Y, one zero at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. It, and they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, yes the, Mormons the Mormons were the correct answer. Because oh. God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. All right, coming back at you, Brian Harper, Harper Anderson, Latter-day Takes. On this Friday morning, we're, we're, all, up in your, we're all up in your speakers today, peeps. Uh, happy to be back. Brian, you taught seminary. Let's, let's hear about that, dude. How'd that go? Uh, it went great. I had a great time doing it. Um, it was nice to just share my, you know, conversion story and you know growing up in the church and obviously we've already kind of uh talked about that in previous episodes so um but yeah it was just nice it was kind of things that we that mean you have talked about on on our own as well which was nice it wasn't you know uh so all about the past it was also you know this is where i'm at this is where i've come and you know being able to share you know the fact that i went to the temple and you know did all these things it's just it, it was really really special for me and you know some of the things that I was able to open up about you know 
feeling that spirit within that room. Um, I even talked to my buddy who was, or who is the teacher of, of the class. And, uh, he said, you know, he's like, man, that, that spirit was pretty, pretty strong this morning. And I was, you know, so, uh, yeah, it it was really, really cool. And then, uh, I actually was able to go to the temple right after with, with my, uh, with the teacher as well. So it was a really, really special day, honestly. So, you know, being able to spend basically the entire morning, um, you know, talking gospel and, 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 you know, feeling the spirit and then be able to go to the temple and, and feel it even more and even more, you know, um, powerful within, within those, uh, within those amazing, amazing walls of the temple. And did you do early morning summer seminary pretty regularly growing up? High school? Uh, yeah, I, I, I graduated from there. I, I, as best as possible, I could, uh, go and be there on time. So it was, uh, some days were better than others Dude. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Dude, I graduated <laughs> by the skin of my teeth. In fact, I had a lot of absent makeups to do uh, my senior year. And my mom was like, I had gotten accepted to BYU at that point. And my mom's like, if you don't graduate from seminary, I'm not letting you go to BYU. <laughs> I was like, you should probably, uh, yeah. Because, you know, they'll give you grades. And, like, I cared about grades, ninth grade seminary, which ninth grade, I don't know if this is even relevant, but ninth grade in, uh, at the time in Utah, when I was growing up was still in middle school mm-hmm. and it wasn't until 10th grade that we got into high school. So we're still in middle school kind of, but ninth grade going to seminary, it's part of class. So <laughs> like, there's no excuse to miss it. Ninth grade, right. I was fine. I didn't have a car. I wasn't going to go anywhere. Sophomore year, I didn't really have a car either, but I had a bunch of friends that could drive. Cause I, I wasn't, I didn't get my license till my junior year cause I was young for my grade. And yeah, I remember like junior, senior year, like specifically my senior year, my seminary period was the same. It was like the last period of the day and it was the same as my buddies who were on the basketball team but got cut that year, their senior year, but the coach still let them take the class so they could basically do whatever they want. Like he was just like, whatever, like, I'm sorry I cut you, but here, just have a free period. And so we would always just like do whatever, like we go get food. We just chill in the student government room or whatever. Like it was, it was kind of funny. Um, so that I got a ton of absences and almost didn't graduate. My mom got mad at me, but pulled it off. You, you were a, you were a model student. Sounds like it, right? Dude, honestly, <laughs> seminary in Utah, I think is worse than early morning seminary. And, and I don't say that as one of those, like, Oh, you're just one of those, you hate, hate on Utah people. I love Utah. I own that. Like I loved growing up in Utah. I don't think I'm, I don't make exceptions to Utah. I think that there, there definitely is like a different type of, of member of the church, generally speaking, that's in Utah. But um, the CES aspect, where it's like your full time job, right? That's that changes the dynamic. So I think early morning seminary, when it's your calling, I think I don't know. I think you kind of appreciate it more. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, we. So we only have early morning seminary, right? It's not so much ingrained in the school district where, you know, you have a class that you can get credit for, which honestly kind of sucks because it was basically an elective that you didn't even get credit for within your, you know, right. Your high school diploma. Um, 
so yeah, it was, I mean, I, like I said, I, I went as best as possible, but the, um, the teachers I had, you know, they, they made it possible for me to graduate, you know, they, especially my junior year teacher, cause she was actually a teacher all four years that I was in high school. Um, and she opened up her home on a consistent basis to like, Hey, come in, you know, after, after school, whatever you need to do, you know, come in, we'll work on the hours, you know, be able to get you, get you right with time and everything like that, because you have a certain amount of absences that you had to do. And, um, yeah, she, she was absolutely phenomenal. So. Oh, wow. That's generous. Yeah. That's awesome. Very generous. Kind of jealous. You got to teach it really like early morning would be, that'd be cool. I think, I think I'd have fun with that. Um, it'd be more cool now because I'm already a morning person as it is. But true. back then in high school, it was like, Oh yeah. I hated waking up early. Uh, I wake up early. I'm, I'm, I'm a sl- right. I'm yeah. a I'm asleep by second period anyways. But that second that second period was always like English or government, so yeah. it worked out. Um, should we actually address the Super Bowl now that we actually saw it and <laughs> can talk about it for a second? Uh, yeah, Just because we maybe didn't do it justice on the last episode. So let's talk about it for a second. I know coming away, we watched it together. Coming away from it, yep. you were not happy, and I get it. I understand it. The narrative the next it's a Philly day, thing, man. Yeah. The the narrative the next day was not whether or not that was a penalty, because the dude owned up to it. The the, the de- defensive right. back that held says like I held. Granted, he's kind of in an interesting position. It would be weird if he were to say, I didn't hold, because it was kind of obvious he did, or if but he I mean, he's put in a tight spot. He did take the high road by just saying, Yeah, I did. With that said, he didn't have to completely own it. He could have been like I did, but, you know, we've been doing that all game, you know, so I, I'm just surprised they decided to call yeah. it then. Then he'd kind of throw the refs under the bus. There'd be more of an uproar, but he was able to quell the sentiment in Philly a little bit, so good on him. But with that, as a Philadelphia fan yourself, I can see where you're coming from where it's like that's the only time they called a penalty in, for one, in such dire consequences, but anything more than a and like, I mean, when it's a hold on a pass, that's an automatic first down. And that was third right. down. That was a total game changer. I get it. Other than that, the the most egregious penalty we saw to that point was just offensive line holding, which pushed yeah. back the offense 10 yards. Other than that, it was, it was a very clean offsides. game. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, I, I think you even looked it up in like the third quarter. I remember, because you, remember that. You were point. almost, yeah. That you were almost like astonished. You're like, man, this is a very clean game. Yeah. And I go like, it really is. And we, I was like, there's only been a couple on each. And then you looked it up and I think it was like, it was like one team had three, four, the other had four. None of them had more yeah. than 30 yards and penalties at the time. Right. Yeah. It was very clean. Right. Let basically. So the thing that boils down to me or, you know, boils down for me is just lining up your best 11 versus their 11, right? 22, right. Line up your 22 or 22 offense, defense. And, Let's see who the better team is. As right? Coach Boone would put Refs. it, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Yeah, <laughs> let the boys play. Cheetah. Cheetah. Um, but yeah, it's like, I just, I get it. You got to call, you got to call the game the way it's supposed to be called. But it just seemed like it was a very non, like it wasn't going to affect the play. It was an uncatchable ball, right? Like, that that little tug was not going to be the difference between you know Juju catching that ball and 
and not catching that ball. I will, um, I will and say, I just, and this is my bias probably coming into play, I'm not sure on that. Juju does have a quick twitch, and that quick twitch getting hindered in that moment could have made the difference. You overthrew him by like seven yards. Maybe that's too much. You might be right there. I don't know. I just don't even know if the ball was in play. Did it even, Did it stay in bounds? It did. Yeah, it landed in the end zone. It was like halfway through the end zone, but he wasn't even in the end zone when it landed, so that was everybody's issue with it. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I, I would agree, though, that him catching that ball would have been next to impossible, probably. I, I would agree with that. I just don't. I just don't think that him coming out of that, he was like he was even committed to catching that ball, if that makes sense. I'm not sure what you mean. Like it just felt it just felt like, okay, this is just a wasted play. Like almost like, hey, we're just gonna kick the field goal, right? Like it didn't feel like it was a, a committed play for Juju and Mahomes there. Right? Like it just didn't I don't know. It just they knew they were going to... Mahomes was getting pursued. Unless they, I think he got hit right. after he and, threw it. Right, Legally, and if they saw... If he saw... If he was had the if he had the time to extend the play, right? It just felt like it was just a wasted throw. Like, just throw it away. All right, cool, let's go. Let's kick the field kick goal. Kick the field goal. That that's, what it felt, that's what it felt like to me, at least. One thing I feel like pretty much everyone can agree on is had that penalty not been called, KC kicks the field goal. There's like a minute 40 left, I think. There's mm-hmm. no question the Eagles are, excuse me, getting into field goal range. There's no question, right? No, no question for me at least. No, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think any. I think they have the capability. Would argue yeah. that because Casey's defense wasn't terrible, but I don't think they were holding Philly four. You know, like they could do three and out. They were doing that the second half here and there. I think it happened right. a couple times, but four and out is a different. That's a whole different ball game, man. And I don't think they were stopping Philly in that sense. And and Hertz is one of those that he'll beat you on your legs if you over pursue. Like, like they they would have gotten in a field goal range. I think almost certainly. I think the bigger question is, would they have even scored a touchdown? And that's possible, but neither yeah. here nor there. No, I mean, I just like I said, I just wanted the players to kind of you know determine the outcome. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm I'm not trying not to be biased, right? Like I obviously I have a, a little bit of allegiance towards the Eagles, but I mean. No, it I, is what it is. A, just, a lot. That was kind of the narrative on Twitter. They're like, if any, if you didn't have a horse in this race, it kind of ruined the game for you, because like we just wanted to see a good game, and that completely nullified that at the end, which was which was too bad. But I was happy for KC. It's kind of tough to see it happen that way. With that said, love Andy Reid, um, love Mahomes, brother Reed. brother Reed, and shout out to Texas Tech. My affiliation with that school. I love that that he has got a second Super Bowl. Um, now in now in the conversation for potentially best of all time, it's still potentially he's still got to he's still got to win a couple more, I think. But um, he's never. Gonna, I don't think he'll ever beat Brady. I don't want to talk about that right now. But he's got a long That's way to a go whole, for that to be that another to be podcast. The conversation exactly. And then especially happy for my buddy Porter, who's been on the podcast before. Shout out to Porter Ellett, um, friend of the show. That's right, friend of the show. Talked about his story. Um, having to get his arm surgically removed permanently by the time he was 16, I believe, because he lost the use of it when he was a young kid, but didn't stop him from playing sports. He is now uh, on the coaching staff. We talked about that last podcast, I think. So Porter, Porter got another one, which was awesome to see. Um, so happy for all those guys. Uh, I'm good to move on from that story. What else we got? Yep. 
Um, oh, uh, Utah Sports. Uh, Utah offensive coordinator is remaining on snap on staff. Notre Dame supposedly was not comfortable with the two million dollar buyout to get uh, the OC over to Notre Dame. Why didn't you hear about and, that? And and he is staying on staff. Yeah, so cannot remember his name right now. Um, but give me two seconds. Uh, is it, wasn't it a guy that was there before? It's not Andy Ludwig, is it? Is that my being my stupid way? That sounds... Yes, it is. Yes, sir. Good job. Look at that. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. He had been at the at the U before, right? Or something like that. Anyway. It's yeah, not so he's... Uh, yeah, he's staying on staff. He uh, Sources said that Ludwig, Ludwig's buyout of at least $2 million, uh, the exact number, depending on how the buyout impact is interpreted in the contract rollover year, proved an obstacle in discussions with Notre Dame. Uh, Ludwig, who was spent the uh, past four seasons leading Utah's offense, interviewed in South Bend over the weekend and was considered the leading candidate to replace Tommy Reese uh, in uh, ESPN's Heather Dinich reported Friday. So, Interesting. Yeah, staying on staff. So it'll be, uh, it'll be cool for um, Mr. Bad Moon Rising, Cam Rising, to have his OC still in place. So it'll be good. Um, for sure. There's a bigger story, I think, personally. Now, granted, a lot of the Utah fans hearing this would be like rolling their eyes right now. Be like, of course, a BYU guy brings this up. I do think it's interesting. The Pac-12 is like kind of in dire straits right now. Their TV deal is. is not looking good. Like, apparently CBS and Fox both pulled out. And now Amazon is saying, well, yeah, but we only want like one game a week. So we'll, yeah. we'll pay for that, whatever package we can agree to there. Sure, we'll, we'll talk about that. But that's not even – I mean, who knows what that number looks like. Um, at most, people are speculating that it's going to be $20 million per university at this rate. But they would have to come up with a deal with ESPN, and it would be very underpaid uh, initially than what the, what, what the uh, commissioner of the Pac-12 was anticipating. So it seems like things aren't looking good. And especially since University of Oregon and Washington would probably demand a larger share because they know that they draw more eyes. And then what are the how are the other universities going to react to that? It's going to be interesting what happens in the next couple months in the Pac-12, I think, because it is, as of right now, not looking good because there are no networks. And the fact that Fox and CBS openly said we're done in discussion, or at least sources, right, whatever that means, are saying that they're out – then, then it's like on ESPN to be like, all right, let's see then. Like the ball's in their court, and that sucks for the Pac-12 because the yeah. Pac-12 can't even pretend at this point. And Amazon's openly said we only want one game a week. Now what? Yeah. I mean, we all know who the moneymakers are in the Pac-12, right? And they are headed in the Big Ten, right? USC and UCLA, Okay. If you're on, if you're, you know, if you're in big 12 country, big 10 country, like the only teams you really care about because it's playoff implications, right? And even in years past, it was like, okay, I'm, they're only going to watch those late night games because they, Oregon might be up there in the top 10. Utah might be up there in the top 10, right? Last year, they were watching those games because of USC being in the top 10. Right. They need to know if their teams in those other, you know, ACC, SEC countries, like if they were going to get booted, if their team, you know, 
lost or if they had any chance of, of jumping USC, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you got to have eyes, right? You got to have eyes on the product to be able to make money, right? And, you know, these networks aren't stupid when they look at the Pac-12. Nope. Right. They're not, man. It's just like just like another sport that thinks that they deserve more money than what they do. The Simple economics. Rodeo. That's right. This ain't their first rodeo, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, YouTube's been getting involved, right? Obviously, YouTube just jumped on the um, Sunday ticket. So they're going to be in full charge of that now. Mm-hmm. DirecTV lost out on that. So, um, I just wish they would do a better job at, you know, having a Pac-12 network that was available or the Rocky Mountain Sports that, you know, AT&T Sports, I should say, because that's um, where the Golden Knights play. They're, they're on AT&T Sports. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I think it hurts them that Stanford's still affiliated with the Pac-12, you know, because that's going to limit the, the teams that can come in. Talking to uh, Casey about that, it Stanford has to be affiliated by other schools, and that's what hindering UNR and UNLV of jumping in the Pac-12, right? Those, so it's like, would they want those schools though? I mean, that's gonna that's gonna get you back to the Pac-12. It's not gonna drop you down the Pac-10. Oh yeah, you know, I know, but like, so and and it's all it's only gonna increase it's only gonna increase their, you know, competitiveness per se, right? Like, is is who's in Colorado? Colorado, Colorado State. It's Colorado. Like, yeah, like obviously they have Dion now, but Colorado wasn't doing anything for the for the Pac-12, right? Arizona's not doing anything for the Pac-12, football-wise at least. You know, baseball they're all pretty you know comparable. Stanford's the the standalone in baseball. Yeah, Oregon's decent. Arizona State's had their Oregon years. State's Arizona's had their years. Baseball. Oregon, okay, yeah. So, la- I mean, last year alone, it was it was Oregon State and Stanford being your top twos, like out of there. Yeah. But like UCLA hasn't really been the U- UCLA of the past. USC hasn't. Um, I don't think Arizona. I mean, Arizona won it in the year after me, so that was twenty twelve. They won it. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of revolving door of the Pac twelve, but. I don't know. It's just be it's crazy. It'd be very interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm more curious of whether or not BYU will even make a bowl game this year, which I honestly, my projection is no. I've got them at five and seven personally. Yeah, I heard you. I heard you say that you were talking to uh, one of our one of our friends' wives at the Super Bowl. Yeah, you said you know because she. I think she said six and six. I think she was. She was like, it would be tough to get to six and six, and I was like, I got us at five yeah. and seven personally, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, set the bar low, man. Yeah, exactly. Set it low, you'll be good to go. <laughs> and then when they happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that that's exactly how it is being a South Carolina fan right now, right? Like it's it's just I set it so low last year that I was like, ah, we'll probably get six. I mean, there's there's some cakes in there. We'll probably do it. And then they end up being, I think eight and five total. I was like, because they the yeah those last two games, and then I think I mean they lost their bowl game, but. It is what it is. So, but now they, uh, that was huge for them to get to that, that December 30th, 31st, New Year's kind of six bowl. Oh, yeah. Um, which was good. Yeah. That's always, 
always a good thing, you know, with, with recruiting and stuff like that. So oh, for sure. yeah, we'll see long, long ways away, man. I, I, I hate the fact that we're even talking college football. Cause it's just, yeah. it just makes me sad. I, I miss it so much. I know. I agree. All right. What else you got for us? Um, do we want to go? Cause I, you have on here people we can't be friends with. Oh, I want to make that um, its own episode at some point. I think. Okay. Because I think I mean uh, I'm putting this in the pod. By the way, this is all like we're dude. I'm not cutting any of this because we do a little preview. But like, I like that as a topic where it's like, okay. there are people out there that I'm just like I know how that person acts. I'm sorry, we're never gonna be friends. Like when you see somebody at the gym that's wearing a headband, it's like. We're never gonna be that close of friends. Our friendship, well, we, we, if we get to that point, has a pretty low ceiling. Like if you wear a headband at the gym, like it's just not looking good for us. When I first met you, I was like, "No, we're definitely not gonna be friends." <laughs> Did you actually? Think that? <laughs> no, oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I just like being a dick to you. Yeah, you know that's that. fine. But like, I'd be like, because I'd be curious. I'd be genuinely curious. I'd be like, "Wait, why?" I was like, "Oh, because I thought you were gay," and you know, I just didn't want to like. Get into a potentially romantic yeah, situation. Yeah, get away, you know, yeah, away from me. And destroy your hopes. Like, oh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and there it goes. <laughs> there it goes. Uh, um, you know, I want to. I want to well, make that well, a we, 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 episode. I think. Right. Well, or we've talked about the tank top guy. We've talked about the tank top guy. You're not a tank top guy. Yeah, not. Gen- I don't no, think you. Not generally. I yeah. haven't worn one in a in a while. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's same. I get I get where you're going with that. Okay, yeah. that'll be good. I might um, I might take a tank top to Powell. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you're not it's not like you wearing garments all day, right? Obviously, so, obviously, like that. But yeah, yeah I don't wear a tank a, top to the that's gym. A given. This is true. I do not do that. Yeah. So you're not the tank top at the gym guy. I'm not a tank top at the gym Which, guy. But again, but I can be friends with those right. guys. That 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 I get. I understand that. Oh, just not the headband guy. Yeah, headbands. It's a little bit. It's a little bit excessive. Because here's the thing. People that wear headbands at the gym, it's not for practical purposes. It's what if not. they have long hair? That's okay. I'll give you that. But even then, usually it's like one of those thin strings, and it's just to keep their hair back. If it's uh-huh. clearly meant to keep their hair back, totally get it. I mean, like headband, okay. like you're talking like it's like sweat, like 1970s, Basically, like headband, yeah. like sweat, sweatband. Because then they're like trying to prove a point. Like I'm that guy. You know, it's like I'm sweating. For example. Like, it's it's like, let's see, there's there's the there's the mustache guy, and then there's a guy that rocks a mustache. So which one was I? Your guy that rocks a mustache. I'm the same way. I'll bust out a mustache every now and then. But like then there's yeah, a guy we, where like you, the mustache seen, is his identity. Seen... Okay. I'm not saying I can't be friends with that guy necessarily, but it's a type of person. That's and I'm only making that comparison. Like people at the gym that are wearing headbands and all like sweat banded up, you're just like, yeah, they, we're not gonna have that much in common. I can tell you that right now. Mustache guys is different. Okay. I can be friends with those guys, or at least there's a higher ceiling there. But I'm saying they're making a point. Like I'm a mustache guy. Like I'll rock the mustache every now and then, but I'm not a mustache guy. <laughs> okay. All right, I, I like where this is going. We, we're gonna have to dig back in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to. Especially because I up. because I was I was the mustache guy for five years of my playing career. You were rocking for five years straight. Uh, I shaved it after the year, but then the off season I grew out my beard, and then 
shave the mustache for so you, you the kept it. So. You kept it during the like the the season. Yes. Okay. All see, year that to long. me already already says you're not a mustache guy. But like, if you do a seasonal, mustache, but I was though, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was a mustache guy because I was committed to it, and then it was like, oh, look, there's the mustache guy. No, I, I, yes and no. I, I, I don't, I don't think we gotta dive back in. I, I, I feel like this is, we're we'll, gonna we're we'll gonna talk forever on this. Start one. writing down things like that. People we can't be friends with. We'll, we'll come up with that segment soon enough. Maybe it'll just be I a segment. That. I don't know. Um, uh, there's there's another segment. In fact, I have my my buddy who's been on the podcast before. And the reason why I'm even going to say this next part is because it's relevant. Um, he's gay. And I've even told him, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I have a few gay things about me to like run it by him. And uh, that'd be kind of a fun segment too. One of the one, the first one that comes to mind is uh, I do like Hallmark Christmas movies. I ain't going to lie. I just do. I get in the Christmas spirit watching them. I, I, I like chick flicks. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, chick. I love I a good like chick flicks is like even a, a a degree above Hallmark Christmas movies. Chick flicks are like way more acceptable like, like as a man. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Hallmark Christmas movies. So it's, are, like a step, it's like a step below. Is a step at least one step, maybe more. And it's like kind of. And what's funny about that too is that same friend. He's a screenwriter in L.A. Um, he uh, he's actually maybe writing a Hallmark Christmas movie. Funny enough, so. Mm. He might be working on that, but um, yeah. So I think that's a funny segment too. Is just like go over those things. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we get to that. I'd have, I feel like I'd have to have Andy, my buddy, sign off on that and be like, maybe get bring him on in the episode. So Does like, this make me? Exactly. Dot, dot, dot. I've got a whole list. I've got a whole list. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Um, so that's kind of. That's all I really have for, uh, you know, real world things. Uh, if we want to start sliding into the more spiritual side, I've got a couple things that. Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, um, which, by the way, they're going to see a hard transition here in a second because our audio is going to shift because we. This is a pre record that we're going to get into in the main segment, the bulk of it, but um, just, just warning people of that right now. But we'll get better at the editing because we're starting to get into a better groove. Yeah. Um,. So we had let's do let's do a recap on Sunday. So obviously we had Temple on Friday, right? Hung out um with one of your buddies on uh Mr. Derek Jolly on Saturday, which was great. And then Sunday uh I had a ward conference. First time in the new stake that we got transferred to. We're in Carnegie out here in Vegas now. And uh, it was one of the, I think, best like um, testimony building meetings for me. Because it was something like everything that we've talked about kind of in the past, right? Like dealing with. And this is more personal conversations between you and me, but like dealing with our struggles, right? This right. turbulence, you know, that we deal with in life. And my bishop talks and he's talking about um, something that uh, Elder Kieran said. He was actually here uh, about a month ago uh, for our state conference. And he's part of the 70. And he talks about flying above the turbulence Um as pilots, right? They, they have a little bit of turbulence and they can get up and out of it and they don't have to worry about it anymore. 
Um, but he talks about the three different types and, you know, the quick jolt or, you know, the, you know, prolonged thing, but you kind of knew it was coming. Um, and then the last one being like, grab your seat, grab your seat belt, you know, like hang on for dear life type turbulence. But he relates us back to, you know, just struggles in life. And I was just like, man, like it was literally perfect because we've talked about our struggles before with each other. And it's just like, sometimes you just got to fly above it, right? You got to look down, you got to see that, you know, it's the sky's not falling type thing. And it was just so amazing to hear that, you know, because we're sitting there together. And then the state president talks about um, how, you know, we need to serve everybody within our war boundary. And I don't know if we want to get into this, but like, you know, we've heard some people saying, you know, that you're only in charge of, you know, your um, people that need help at the time, right? And maybe just in your ward or things like that. And this was just so cool because he was talking members, non-members, people, you know, just in your area, uh, using the grocery stores that you're at, you know, whatever it may be, like you're there to be an example for everybody within your ward boundary, you know, and, and your neighborhood. And, and I've said this for years, you know, it, if you don't take care of yourself, right, you can't take care of your family. You can't take care of your neighborhood. You can't take care of your city. You can't take care of your state. You can't take care of your country. You can't take care of the world, right? Like you got to be good with yourself, be happy, and then, you know, be able to help other people. And then that just spreads, right? It's, it's the positivity. Um, yeah, yeah, pay it forward, all that stuff. And it was just so cool because, you know, we, uh, like I said, we've, we've talked about some personal things, you know, me and you on the side, but it's, it was just very, very cool. And I think the coolest thing, which I think you might want to take over this one because it's, it was the Alma the Younger. Yeah. Um, and go, you go for it. You go for it. Okay. So the stake president during his talk, he starts talking about Alma the Younger. And I can't remember the exact context but of it, but Harper literally turned to me and goes, Alma 5, uh, uh, 45. 46. Or 46. Yeah. You said 46. And, and no more than a minute later, right, maybe even less, right, state president goes, uh, if we look at Alma 5, 45, and you're, you're like, and I could, I could just see the defeat. You're like, oh, ah, dang it. One verse. Oh, it was one verse, right? Oh, it was so close, right? But he started reading there, and the meat of his scripture that he quoted was actually Alma forty Alma five forty six. Yeah, and I could just see the just excitement <laughs> on your flowing. face. You're just like, yes, I do it, ah. <laughs> like freaking out. Right, it was so good, man. But like, like, and that's why I think it was the biggest like testimony builder for me because we were able to see things like that we're going through, right? And you were able to experience it as well. And, you know, we're being able to see his hand in our lives, right? And it was just so amazing. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you were down here for the weekend that it was. Awesome. And it was just such a, such a, you know, strong testimony building weekend, you know, four days that we were able to hang out and, you know, enjoy. It's just, it, it's absolutely just phenomenal. I don't say this lightly, um, man. The spirit was there the whole weekend. It wasn't like, mm -hmm. oh, we were just constantly feeling it and just like, oh gosh, everything is wonderful and beautiful, even though that'd be awesome and I probably shouldn't be flippant about that. Yeah. I will tell you this, dude. It was like, there's those gradations of the spirit that I was telling you about in my mind. Those, that's a theory. That's a personal theory. I don't know if that's actually it, but it's like the highest is that you're actively feeling it. The middle is kind of like, you're just in a situation where you could feel it, but you may not be feeling it. 
um, actively in that moment. And then the third is you are not in an environment where you can feel the spirit, so you will not be feeling the spirit, right? You're basically actively opposing that. We were vacillating between one and two the whole time. It was like we were feeling it, I think so. but we were, and if we weren't, it was there. And it was really cool. And your ward, was, like, it was awesome being in your ward because I don't, I don't love my ward right now. Um, mm. It's kind of a rough go. It's really young, young married ward, but new Bishop Brick that I think they're just taking a long time to get things situated. But I should probably be better at showing them a little bit of grace. Regardless, your ward was a nice reminder. To me, that's what church should be all about. A lot of love there. I loved both your bishop and your stake president's talks. And yeah, it was what your bishop said, by the way, what I loved right away was about the turbulence. Right when he asked the question, he's like, who, like, you may be worried about the turbulence. Who's not worried about the turbulence? And right away, I was like, oh, oh my that's gosh, right. of course, the pilot. And he's like, how, do, and just that analogy just works. And you're like, well, if you let mm-hmm. Christ be the pilot and you have faith in the pilot, you're going to be fine. You're going to experience turbulence. Right. And I love that too. I, lo- I relate that to the Jaredites coming over in the, o- like coming across the seas, like how crazy the waves were and everything. But what were they doing? They were rejoicing because those waves, that wind, the harrowing weather that they were facing was po- pointing them towards the promised land. Same idea with turbulence, right? You're still getting to your yeah. destination. Um, and then, yeah, your stake president. The reason why I knew is because he specifically was like, I'm the younger. That's somebody I relate to. And I was like, yeah, same here. <laughs> And he started talking about his experience with the angel. And then he asked the same question that I asked. I've asked it before on this podcast where Alma the Younger, when he talks about how do I know these things, like he doesn't cite the angel as a reason why he knows these things. And that's where Alma 546 comes into play. And that's why I was like, I think that's where he's going with this. And I wasn't positive, <laughs> but I was, I was pretty sure. Lo and behold. You were excited. I was pumped because – it was, and what I told you, I was like, dude, it's almost like he could have been listening to that podcast episode. Now, that one hundred percent was not the case, but <laughs> could have been. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I didn't I certainly didn't ask him. That's for sure. By the way, did you? Are you a listener? Did you? Are you? Are you? Are you a subscriber? Are you, you subscribing? You follow to that takes, don't you? <laughs> um, no, he. I. It. What I loved about it, and this is what I related to you later. I was like, it's because truth is truth. It's not changing. It resonated with me the same way it resonated with your stake president. And that's what I love about the Book of Mormon so much and the gospel in general is that you will find truth. And however he found it, was, I'm sure was different than how I found it. But we came to the same conclusion and how direct that was where it was like Alma the Younger's testimony came not from the angel. It came from the sacrifices he made afterward, fasting, praying, all that stuff. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I I completely forgot about the bishop's part, but he was yeah that yeah that one fired me up awesome when you, when you can man. trust in you can trust in the pilot to get you through like it's trusting in him right yeah Jesus take the wheel that's right Jesus take the right? wheel freaking sing oh, it Carrie man. Underwood oh, sing it so anyway that's good man I like that and then yeah one thing I think deserves a shout out as well and I'd like to bring my mom on a podcast for this sometime I even already kind of told her this. Because you, you put this in the notes, and I appreciated this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with a close friend of mine who had had noted that he's having trouble dating right now specific girls in the church specifically because 
he he's scared that they're like perfectionists in the gospel and he's scared that if I get vulnerable with these girls, it's like they've got a bag right by the door and they'll take off. And dude, I, I get that. I understand that concern. There's not a lot of grace. There's a severe lack of understanding of the atonement on their end and things like that. And he was able to connect that that came from a woman close in his life, right? That that was something that like he experienced growing up and it was really hard on him because he's like, gosh, do I really have to be perfect? And if I'm not perfect, then I have to pretend to be perfect. Well, I, as I'm hearing this, I'm like, that actually makes me, and he specifically was like, you know, you, you've got great parents. Like you're able to like, just tell them everything you've done in your past. And they're just like, cool. Like, I mean, they're not like patting me on the back, but they're like, Hey, you're telling, you're talking to me about this cause you're doing the right thing by going through the repentance process. And he's like, I don't, I don't know if I have that same resource. And I, it was a moment when I, that I shared with you one time and I was just like really kind of taken aback by it because I was like, I really do have amazing parents and the fact that they brought me up that way is powerful and I think my mom can speak to that a little bit more sometime and maybe that's why we bring her on the podcast because as a parent, I'm sure it's really tough, you know, having that balance of being like, hey, I need my kids to be good kids, but I also need them to trust that they can rely on me to come clean about some things and I won't lose it over them and I won't be disappointed. I mean, I'm not saying you can't be disappointed as a parent, but like to the point that it affects them negatively. So I'd love to know what that balance is. And that's probably something we can ask her about. I mean, this sounds like a uh, Mother's Day episode. That's right. I mean, I'm sure my mom would absolutely, you know, because it sounds like our, our parents have kind of been through the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they're similar in that um, sense. Yeah. And it's just, when when you kind of opened up to me about that, it was talk about the spirit being felt. I mean, through through a FaceTime call that you know we're just talking scripture and just talking life things like that, and you know the power that you resonated to me about that love that you had for your parents and and the appreciation for just their full understanding of the atonement, right, and the power of repentance, right, like you never want somebody to kick you when you're down, right? Like that, that's, that's the hesitation that people have of, of going through the repentance process, right? Because it's, Oh, I'm going to get in trouble and I'm not going to ever be able to, you know, be back to, you know, or get to where I want, where I want to go. Yeah. Get back in their good graces. Right. And that's, that's just them not understanding. That's, that's a reflection on, on the people that are in charge, right? 100%. That's a reflection on, on, on the parents, the, the bishop, the stake president, whoever it may be. And the right? reflection like, is that it you, seems to be a lack of understanding of the atonement. Right. And that's that exactly. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, that, right? There's going to be some sort of sticking point in between that person and Christ. It's like, how dare yeah. you? <laughs> like, yeah. No, like you, you can't keep labeling somebody a sinner when they go through the repentance process. Yeah. Right. When you use the power of atonement, you become clean through him. Right. Like we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Right. And as, and as much as we want to try and think that we want to compare, you know, our testimonies or our, our pureness, right. With others, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but no, it was, that was one of the, you know, 
very cool moments that you've shared personally. And, and I, and I hope that we can work it out with, where, with getting your mom and, and my, I, I think it'd be a fun, that would be uh, fun. Little mother's day, little mother's day, the only you thing know, I'd be of, of it is whenever I bring my mom on, it's always like 45 minutes longer than I'd planned for. <laughs> so <laughs> my mom I, too, I'm sure I'd either I'd have to edit it down it, or we'd have to have a hard, like 25 minute cutoff or something. But <laughs> mom, stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> but that I have a hard time cutting uh, things off in general. So, right. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the other one that I, and it was kind of coinciding with family and friends. Um, but I opened up to you about not wanting people to think that I was, you know, like overzealous. Yeah. Being overzealous or holier than thou, you know, uh, Peter priesthood, Molly Mormon, whatever it is. Right. Um, and I had this thought last week, and I actually came to you on Wednesday about it, and you were you, you very sternly put me in my place, being <laughs> Brian. You better not ever tell me that again, because I don't want you ever to think that. Um, and you actually gave me Alma twenty six, uh, Alma twenty six eight through twelve, and twelve being the most. You know, it was it was Ammon and Aaron talking to each other, and Ammon being so excited, right, Ammon? Yes, yeah, exactly. it was Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron's a brother. Um, but yeah, Aaron, Ammon being so excited about them being delivered um, out of you know persecution and all this stuff, and he was just so excited. Um, and Aaron goes, you know, I, I think you're being, you know, uh, uh, bo- uh, boisterous. Is that right? What do you say? Uh, yeah, boasting. Uh, you're boasting in your own. Yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like you're boasting in yourself, right? And he and and Ammon goes. Bro, I ain't boasting in myself. I'm boasting in the Lord, right? Like, obviously, layman terms here. It's like, no, I, I'm excited. I'm filled with joy because of him, right? And I want people to know this. It's not because of me. It's because of him upstairs and him filling me with this this abutting joy, you know, in life. Um, and that was just so cool, you know, like, if people get mad at you for, you know, being excited about the, about the gospel, right, and it's a reflection on them, right? Like we're not trying to be holier than thou. We're not trying to be, you know, Peter, or, uh, uh, Peter priesthood, Molly Mormon, all this, whatever. Right. Like when you get consumed by the spirit, right. Just like, uh, Henry Byring said, he goes, it, it's a, it's a, uh, heart burning and bone shaking feeling. Well, Ammon right? literally ex- was so joyous. He exhausted his strength. I don't think it was that same chapter. It was upon, I think it was maybe a chapter before or something when he met back up with Alma. They happened to cross paths mm-hmm. like as they were leaving and he, he runs into Alma and Amulek with his brothers and they're just like, like he's just, he literally like falls over and is so exhausted. Like he collapses because he's so happy. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the way I've been feeling, man. And I just, I just want everybody to experience it. Right. Because it's like, it's like the tree of life, right? Like you see all these people going up to the tree of life and just being so excited to eat it. Um, I think they actually did a video of it and it's like some people will go and be like, Oh yeah, this is good. And then just leave. Right. And some people just won't even go. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like, man, right. You just, you want people to, to eat upon the fruit. And it's just like, this is just too exciting to, to hold it in. Right. You can only hold in so much joy for so long. And just, you're just going to, you know, explode. So your love of the gospel, um, man, it's amazing. It is man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I appreciate, you know, you sharing that with me, um, because it was, you know, what I needed to hear and, you know, being able to be open with, with my family and friends about things. And, you know, it's, 
it's a true blessing, man. It really is. And, and blessed every day to, to have the people in my life in the past and, and currently in my life, you know, and it's, it's really, really special. So for sure, man, that's, I love that example in the scriptures. It's just, he, I love how he puts it. He's like, God could have used anyone. I just, it just happened to be me. And that's what I'm grateful for. Like, I love that I got to participate in this, but that's all I am. I'm just a bystander. And I think that's how we need to look at all of our situations that we're in. And that's how we need to look at the leaders in our church. And when we have those positions as well, we can say, I'm merely getting to witness miracles take place. And if Christ or if God uses me to facilitate these miracles, I'm going to be so grateful for that. But I'm not doing anything. And I think if we have that perception of our leaders, too, it makes it a little bit easier to be a part of this church, too. Not that it's hard, but, you know, you can think. Like we, we like to deify our leaders to some degree and that's the that's a problem. And that if you hinge if your testimony hinges on the leadership in the church, it's gonna crumble. It's only a matter of time. But if you can look at them as, hey, they're imperfect human beings that merely facilitate the Lord's will and his blessings, then you can think, Oh, you know what? I appreciate that. And if they don't happen to be doing a good job of that, that's on them. Who cares? I mean, I care in the sense that it stinks and it's too bad that they can't do it, but whatever. It's not going to affect my testimony. Right. Uh, Another one-liner from from church on Sunday. Uh, Don't believe in the church. Believe in the gospel. Yeah. I love that. That's exactly right, man. You know, and that's because it's a perfect religion, right? It's a fullness of of the gospel. It's a perfect gospel. Yeah. It, but it's, it's run by imperfect men, exactly. right? Things are going to happen, right? People are going to get offended, right? But a lot of times people are looking for, for something to, to shoo them on out the door. That's right. You know, and that, that's what sucks because the gospel is there. He's there for all of us. We, you know, we are sent down here. We are sent as believers and, you know, hopefully we can return as believers as well. Love it. I think that's probably a good place to close it out, man. No doubt. Much appreciated. It's a little bit more, yeah. uh, it's a good flow. At least a little more, uh, uh, what's the word I want to use? There's some uh, continuity because <laughs> we uh, we actually recorded this one timely. Didn't do any pre-recordings yes. or anything. Sorry to rob y'all, audience, of that. But we'll be back in full force. Except we won't be back next week because I'll be in Costa Rica. You have a you have a great trip, buddy. I can't oh, wait to hear about it. Don't roll your eyes as you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm looking forward to? Wait, you're still filming me? Oh yeah, no, dude. Yeah. Do you know what I'm looking forward to with Costa Rica? I'm looking forward to running into potential fugitives. I feel like that's a big place, like a common place for fugitives to run from the states that go to Costa Rica. F- fugitives? How'd you say that? Fugitives. Fugitives. Yeah, how you say it. I said there, it how you say it. Is is there a ch in there? Fugitives. No, there's F- not. Fugitives. 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 Everybody says it my way. Don't fugitives. Uh, no one ever. Whatever. F- Call it a Utah fugitives. accent. I don't care. Fugitives. <laughs> Are you saying it like that? <laughs> I'm sticking to it, dude. It, it, okay, for all you listeners out there, fugitives. Who am I saying it wrong by saying fugitive? Like future, that's what it sounds. It does like. kind of sound like, like future, that, but future I don't care. Tis. I feel I like everybody's well, when that you way. when you started to say that, I thought you were going to say you were going to look for your like future wife. Harrison Ford is the fugitive. 
The Fugitive. <laughs> Whatever. It's a J. Listen, we better end this episode before I freaking wring your neck through the screen. <laughs> All right, yeah, everybody, if, if there's going to be comments below, I want to hear this. Yeah, I, wanna, I would love is to hear it, it. Is it F-U-C-H it is or F-U-J? F-U-J? It's F-U, that's for sure. <laughs> that's obvious. That's obvious on both ends. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the friend I would do anything for, me for no reason. We'll see. This would be this would be groundbreaking stuff if people prove that I'm pronouncing fugitive wrong. That you're wrong. We'll see. It might be an accent thing. It could be. It could just be a Utah accent, like mountain. Mountain? Yeah, we don't really say, uh, what is it, T's in mount, Mountain Mountain. Oh, I did know that. Yeah. It's like uh, uh, Santa Barbara. Or Santa, Santa Monica. Santa. 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 It's Santa, like Santa. Santa. Yeah. Nobody really says Santa. Yeah, but there's there's very minimal T in there. It's yeah, S, exactly. S, basically S-A-N-N-A. Yeah, Santa. Anna, yeah it's Santa, like two Santa Monica. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I saw a video on that. That's pretty interesting. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but you're still you're still say, you're still saying future to prom. We'll see. We'll let the viewers All right. decide. All right, brother. Appreciate it. All right, dude. No problem, man. You have a good I'll, one. Uh, I'll talk to you talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. All right, dude. Before we get embrace it full on, let's talk about something that I wrote really quickly to just kind of help transition us more um, into the spiritual segment of things. Uh, I had this thought a couple weeks ago, and I know you and I have already kind of talked about it. It was so quick, just came to me because, and it's so simple too. And I'll be honest, it may not even be an original thought. If it isn't, I can't remember where I would have heard it, but regardless, I think it's one of those... You're reminded of it. Yeah, I was reminded of it. And I think it's one of those things that like maybe a lot of people have thought of at different times. But I want to talk about this because it's changing your perception on some things. We often talk about the trials we go through and how hard they can be. And whatever we're experiencing, it's like, gosh, why does this have to happen to me? But what if we just switched around? Why does this have to happen to me? And switch the two to four. And that even in the light, and not, not even in light of trials, especially in light of trials. Because then it shifts from, what am I, from, gosh, now I'm just going through this torturous moment to I'm being molded into something. Something's going to happen if Change, I respond. It changes well. the perspective of, exactly. of the trial. Right? Yeah. And that's what I loved about it was it was like, because we've talked about the, to become right more like him right and through these trials through you know tribulation things like that like you learn from transgressions or like um uh you know these trials you learn from these things but you receive clarity you receive you know the power to overcome right you just you you're you're turn you're being molded just like you said into something new and i think that with that little change right it's literally one word right yeah. instead of happening to me why is it happening for me right and i i loved it i thought it was very like simple 
Yeah. But powerful. Yeah. Right? Like it was it was very good and I it 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 got me thinking about it and I'm like, man, that is it's deep, but like it's but because not. it's so simple, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's so simple, yeah. you're like, man, that that shouldn't be as deep as it is and it really like it yeah, I loved it. So, and I hope I hope people that are listening like they can kind of you know think that about resonates it right? or whatever and then yeah. hopefully it resonates with them as well right yeah and it's uh you know this isn't happening to me this is happening for me yeah and i think that it can kind of i i had a similar struggle too when it came to why i was so blessed yeah because it was one of those things where it's like why and like i remember i was younger and i don't like even I don't love the word lucky and that's something I learned from my mom because lucky kind of like discounts God's role in things. Yeah. I still use it. Don't get me wrong. It's blessed, but it's blessed, right? Like that's, that's what we're talking about here is that we're blessed. And I used to think like, why was I, why, why was I born in United States? The greatest country ever. Why was I born into my family? A solid, awesome family. Why was I born into the church? And I would like question these things. I'm like, why am I so lucky to be born in that situation? And you could even switch it to blessed and still be like, why? And it's like, well, honestly, I don't think God wants you asking why. Unless like as as a way of like, why me? But more like, what for? And, And so it kind of was the same concept years ago when I thought like, okay, maybe we need to stop asking why. And I say we, I meant me. Why do I need, like, maybe I need to stop asking why and start asking what to do. How, what would I do with these blessings? And clearly the answer on a general level is bless others. And so then it comes down to, okay, how? But it's just like, you gotta, you can't just sit there and be like, wow, I'm so blessed. Cool. Let's just ride this wave. No, it's like, I'm so blessed. How do I bless others? Yeah, how do I how to use the opportunities that have been afforded to me to help others? Yeah. I don't. We don't need to get into into this now. But something that quickly comes to mind just after getting to know your parents is that your parents, I think, haven't like have that mindset for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it also goes back to just like we were saying, ABCs, one, two, threes, the primary, right? Count your many blessings. Count them one by one, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not the big ones, right? It's not like. Yeah, you know, not just the, the ones that are ones. memorable. Yeah, yeah. It's, the little, it's the little things, right? Having a roof over your head, mm-hmm. having, having food on your table, right? Having family and friends that support you and love you for, you know, everything that you do. and Being alive, through. being healthy, yeah. Yeah. like... Having, being, having, having a solid mind. Right? Yeah, the yeah. capability of yeah. doing essentially anything you want. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. So, let's talk about this in the context then of your decision which you i mean i don't think you announced this at all no. yeah because you really like it happened in the last three weeks because you and i talked about it it's probably six or seven weeks ago yeah and and, and i didn't bring it up like no. this is all you like this is 100 oh, we were talking about um first of the year goals that's right yeah so one of my goals last year was to Live as, as as if I had a temple recommend and was attending the temple, staying temple worthy, right? This year, beginning this year, was 
okay, getting a temple recommend and deciding when you wanted to go, but not necessarily having to go, but you had that piece of paper. You'd already gone through it. And then as soon as you get the, you know, urge to go, you can go. You ha you don't have to like go back to going to interview, you know, with the bishop and stake president to be able to get and go, right? You have it ready. As soon as you're ready to go, you can go. So if you get the urge, go. Um, we were talking about it and you, and I think you said something to the lines of, well, I hope you get it before you come up here this summer or something to that Is extent. That right? Cause yeah, you were like, I would, I mean, it'd be awesome to be able to go. Yeah. And I go, yeah. And I, I think it was just like, it wasn't like, oh, you should go and do it. No. Right? Yeah. It wasn't like, Brian, you need to go do this and we should go. Right. It was like, it was just an off comment and like, you know, I was like, yeah. But I think it just kind of stuck in the back of my head and been like, yeah, you should do that. Hmm. Right? Like, that was almost like the first, like, domino to kind of get yeah. going, right? Because I, I took my temple prep classes a year ago. Like, a year ago, like, this week was probably the last day, the last week of the five or six weeks that oh, it right. was. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. You know? But as soon as I was done taking the temple prep class, it was... My family it was just my my sister and no, like I don't want her to feel bad, but like she was the one that was like, and I told her multiple times. I said, "Sis, I'm gonna do it when I want to," because she was like, "Oh, well, we should do it this day. We should do it this day." I'm like, "No, that is not how this entire road, me coming back to the church and getting active, growing my testimony, has happened. It has always been on me, and now, just like we talked about before we started recording." when he was ready for me to come, mm. right? It's all been on his schedule, come to find out, yeah. right? Like that's the hindsight that we're seeing. And I'm, I'm so pumped that you're seeing it too, mm -hmm. right? It's crazy. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I ended up, I actually had a ward council on uh, January 8th before fast and testimony meeting. I had the spiritual thought and opening prayer for it. I go on the Temple Living app or the Gospel Living app and they have the Discover page, you know, different tiles on there. And the first two tiles that I saw was uh, Discover the, uh, or Explore the Temple Questions, right? That was the one and it kind of just gave an overview of what the questions were and everything. The second tile was, you know, Exploring Question Number One, right? And I clicked on them, like looked at them because I really didn't have anything talked about. Like, because I literally gave a talk the week before. <laughs> I was, I was, my, uh, my mental capacity of, you know, finding something to talk about was, you know, kind of used up with that talk. So, um, but yeah, I uh, ended up just kind of looking at it, ended up talking about something else in spiritual thought and uh, moving on. But Bishop was actually conducting that fasting testimony meeting. And he ends up bearing his testimony about going to the temples, keeping temple recommends, things like that. And it was more about the youth and doing, you know, when they're getting to that 12 year old age, they can now go do baptism for the dead and all that stuff. Right. X, Y, Z. But I'm sitting in church knowing what I just saw the night before Saturday night. Right. It was already on my mind as it was. We had talked about it. My one goal this year was to get your temple recommend. And, you know, it was just all in line, right? You're like, there's your answer, Brian. Which, adding a wrinkle into all this too, 
is cool that you you are so close with your family. Yeah. And your brother's no exception to that. But you have to really, if you want him there, you have to plan around his schedule. Right. So that's the biggest thing, right? Like and if I go, it has to be before spring training. Which is end of February, right? Essentially. Which is in like two weeks. Yeah. He leaves in two weeks. Yeah. I'm getting chills. Yeah. So it was either that or, or waiting till very possibly November again. Yes. Waiting till November. Yeah, sorry, not possibly, not, not even, not even very possibly. How can I say that? Waiting till November, my bad. Yeah. Right, and then I'm sitting on it for a whole year, right? But who's to say I couldn't go and and get my sister out there um, to Philly or to you know San Diego, L.A., whatever it was, if it was a West Coast thing, and going to that temple? But there's people that I wanted there, and I wanted my grand my grandparents, you know, my mom's parents to be there. I wanted my aunt Susie and my uncle Mark to be there, right? They're in Hurricane in, in, in Washington, and you know, I I wanted them there. And if I knew, I knew if I didn't do it here, if I didn't do it in St. George or Cedar, somewhere close, they wouldn't be able to probably attend. Yeah. Right. And my aunt's sick, right? Like she has. And I'm not trying to get sympathy here, but like she has cancer and you just never know with that, right? They have it under control and she's doing a lot better and we're so great, so very grateful for that. But my grandparents are getting old, right? Like you just never know, right? Life happens, right? And they're, they could be moving on to the, the next life. Any, any of us, right? Any of mm-hmm. us, right? And, and everybody was here now. So I end up, after church, back to um, that fast and testimony meeting, the entire second hour it was weighing on me, thinking about it, thinking about it. I walk out to my car. I don't immediately turn my car on. I literally just sit there. I shut the door. I sat there. And I had that just a little bit of a pause and hesitation before I was going to start my car up. I, ended up. I didn't end up starting my car. I get just this feeling... And this voice telling me, you know, back of my head, get back in there and tell Bishop you want a temple I recommend their view. Don't start your car. Get out of your car right now. Get out of your car, Brian, right now, right? And that's like, okay. Get your ass <laughs> right. <out of> the <laughs> you guide, you go find that fucking dog. <laughs> Way to kill it. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> you know I love it. Um, but no, so I went in. Bishops after church are very busy men, to mm-hmm. say the least. Full house, right? I end up getting stopped by uh, Clay's uh, parent-in-laws and absolutely love them, talking to them, you know. And they were actually talking to me about my talk the week before. You know, it's just amazing stuff. Um, but Bishop ends up closing his door because he has meetings right after, right? And I'm like, dang it. So I... Uh, Walk back out to my car, send Bishop a text. I go, I was going to stop by after. I know you're busy, um, but if I don't send this text now, and if I don't reach out now, I will, I will drag my feet and I won't do it. I said, can we schedule a Temple Recommend interview? Send. Drove home. Good to go. Next, probably three hours later, he texts me back. He goes... 100%. When do you want to meet? Yeah. He's like, can you meet next Sunday after church? I go, 
listen, I'm not making excuses. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be in Utah next weekend. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way we can meet earlier? Right? He goes, how about Wednesday? I go, perfect. Let's do it. Yeah. Go in for that. We sit down. He asks, you know, go through all the questions, go through the interview, stuff like that. And he's like, so when are you going to go? I said, Bishop, I said, I have no idea. I said, but this was one of my goals. And I just, I, I told him the exact same story that I just told about me sitting in the car waiting. And, you know, I go, when I'm ready, I'll go. But I want to be able to have this. Come to find out the same Wednesdays were the days that the stake president meets with the stake to get their tip recommends. And it, the window had already passed. So I had to wait a week to go talk to stake president. Yeah. Now you just pop in on those, right? Yeah. You just, yeah. yeah, you're there. You go sign in sheet and you meet with them. That week could have gone one or one of two ways, right? I drag my feet. I don't go right. Maybe this doesn't feel right. Whatever it is. Right. And I don't ever get that second signature or third signature, I should say, because yeah. you have your own, your bishops, and your stick person. Yeah. Okay. The uh, it didn't go that way, to say the least. Okay. So I I work at Las Vegas High School coaching and, and doing that right, mm -hmm. obviously, but it's literally what two minutes away from from the temple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. So we we I, we stopped by after the temple yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. So you get close to that temple, okay? And that's what I loved about living on the east side of town. As bad as bad as people think it is. <laughs> hey, I was just I'm just repeating what I was told, dude. Yeah. Honestly, if by, by the way, I know this is tangent side note, but it didn't look that bad. It's not. I was actually surprised. Yeah. I think it's the surrounding areas of temple areas, right? Like they want it to be yeah. nicer and they're just yeah, it's it's older now. I mean, a lot, older. Homes, yeah. a lot of those homes were built in the 90s and, yeah. you know, but no, it's still very much a clean area and nice yeah. area. You know, does it have its struggles? Yeah, obviously. But yeah, the, you, the thing is you have to drive through some some of the rougher areas, you know, the inner city area to be able to get up to get there. the outskirts. But yeah. that's kind of how cities work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's kind of how cities work. So, um, but yeah, so I had, obviously I had that meeting Wednesday. Literally Thursday was, I was pulled into the parking lot of, of the high school and it, I go, do you really need to wait? And it was just a quick little thought, like, do you really need to wait to go to the temple? And I go, okay. And just moved on. Next day, kind of had the same thing. It was like, do you really need to wait? I go, no. Okay. Next day. It was Saturday at this point. I get there. It's early because we had morning practice and go, should you be waiting? Hmm. And I go, it was different, right? Like it's getting progressively stronger, right? Should you be waiting, right? Are I'm you back. sinning by omission now? Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. Monday, again, it was like, you don't need to wait. Tuesday. You really do not need to wait. You need to go. And it was like, whoa, okay. Like, it was like yelling at me at that point. Like, you need to go. 
This is your time to go. You need to go. You've started this, okay? You're on the path that you want to be on. You need to go. Wednesday, Matt was state president. He asked me the same type thing, and he goes, so when are you going to go? Cool backstory about that interview. I didn't actually meet with the state president himself. I met with the second counselor. Second counselor grew up, his parents were my grandparents' neighbors growing up on James Street over in North Las Vegas area. My mom is 14, 15 years younger than him. He would come back during summers from college. My mom was grown up, you know, six, seven-year-old yeah. little, little girl, and they knew each other. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually at my talk January 1st. He That's heard right. my talk yeah. about, you know, goal setting. Mm. He was in second hour that I had, that I substitute taught. taught. Yeah. Didn't realize it. Felt terrible because he told me that. He's like, yeah, I was in the second hour too. I go, what? And I, brand new stake for us, right? We just got switched. So I had no idea who our stake presidents were, stake presidency were, like anybody, right? And I'm just like. I felt terrible. He's like, oh no. He's like, that was absolutely phenomenal. He's like, the, and the fact that you just gave a talk and then you go in and you teach like that, he's like, that was, that was amazing, Brian. He's like, and I'm so happy that you're here tonight. He's like, this is awesome. He's like, normally we kind of rotate and like tonight was just my night. Yeah. Right? Again, right? Mm -hmm. You start seeing things. It's like, yeah, I was supposed to wait until today to go talk to him. I wasn't supposed to do it all in one day. Right? I'm supposed to have this experience of should you wait, could you wait, you don't need to wait, right? This this progression, right? A lot of tender mercies, man. Yeah. And temple doesn't open till the 22nd. Close for close for cleaning, close for, you know, whatever they need to do, maintenance, stuff like that, whatever it is. I have to wait to schedule anything. Okay, again, that could have gone one or two ways. Right? I start looking at dates, like, okay, well, what, what date can we do? Like, I need to give myself enough time. Settle on February 10th. Okay, it's a Friday. Didn't want to do a midweek session because I wanted certain friends and family to be able to come down. So if they had work, you know, they, at least they'll be able to call off on a Friday and, you know, have a three-day weekend and not have to do like a Tuesday or Wednesday that may be loaded with, with work, you know. And, uh, yeah, it just... It all worked out and I was, you know, end up calling the temple and getting everything taken care of and scheduled it for, for yesterday and three weeks of preparation and it was, it was amazing. It was absolutely an amazing, amazing day yesterday. Well, yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to say a couple things on that if I may, um, but you also went the week that big changes happened. Like, how about that? Right. Like, not that that's like anything like, I, I don't know. I don't even know what I mean. I'm not saying it's anything like specific, but it's just like the happenstance behind that. You're like, wow, like that's crazy. Like, what, like how does that happen? Like sig significant enough changes that probably haven't happened in I don't know maybe like fifty years even yeah probably your lifetime the I would think so Has yeah it, have, have, you said you noticed a couple of changes a handful of years ago correct? yeah they did some stuff some for, minor things like kind of kind of COVID kind of not okay it was probably just like they were probably looking for excuses to change them this way and COVID streamlined that yeah um 
And then there was another fairly significant change in just terms of the technology. Um, right. That was also within the last few years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it used to be like slideshows. Yeah, they went from that to like yeah. from like moving video to not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the to me as a bystander watching you go through this and for it to be like, I mean, to even say it was a hundred percent your choice is like, obviously like it was, it was just something that was on your mind. It was something that you were bringing up. Like, I like to, it was clearly something that you wanted and, and you were working towards in your own mind, just even at the subconscious level, it felt like, and it was a special day to see that all culminate. But the thing that I was not expecting from my own standpoint, and it's something that I've already expressed to you before, was how special this was for your parents. Yeah. And your parents' story is so cool, considering your dad's a convert from meeting your mom. Mm -hmm. And they got sealed. When they got sealed, they had already had the three of you, so all three kids. You were five? I think it was five, yeah. Roughly? I think we talked about, yeah. Yeah. And so you were five. That would put Brittany around eight? Five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight? Seven. 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 Yeah, seven. five, seven. And then Bryce was... Like two. Two. Yeah. yeah. So that's already an atypical experience that in terms of significance, tier one. I mean, it's, it's no different than anything. Mm -hmm. Um... And then from there, your dad even kind of fell away for a bit. Not, not, not for any reason in particular. It was no. just like it's just like you know, I'm not really feeling it. Yeah. Like it was, he didn't. He had zero bad sentiments towards the church. You guys were raised in the church. He loved that. He liked seeing that you grew up with those values. He always supported it and was just a great father all around. And then slowly gets reactivated. I don't know how recent that was, by the way. Uh, it was during kind of 2020. It was kind of with me coming back. Oh, so it was, it yeah, was fresh. It's, it's kind of been, because he's like, he would always go, but he, so he can't sit for, I mean, you saw, yeah. he can't sit for more than, and you know, 20, 30 minutes without his back killing me. He's, he's got, you know, he's got four, five, he's got five torn discs, two fused together naturally now because the discs just oh completely just disappeared. They, the bones have just fused together on their own. And, you know, he's had, he's had four knee surgeries, for uh or he's had two different shoulder shoulder surgeries and it's just like you get i mean just a hard the wear the wear and tear of of iron working was is no joke hard nose yeah freaking iron worker yeah. man so yeah. and and he wants to go more it's just he he'd rather not be in pain you know and that's honestly what was so good about some of the streaming stuff that we were doing and I, and I, and I hope that continues because that really does afford people the opportunity to at least go to church I would you know, agree. And, and hear the word yeah. of, you know, other members within their ward. Um, Dude, if I were yeah, your dad, I would, I would just make sacrament, the actual sacrament, my goal, not even the entire yeah. meeting. Right. I'd just be like, that's the goal. Yeah. And if I made it there, I'm doing great. If yeah. I have to leave right after I'm out. I mean that, that like that pain's that. real, man. That's a, that's a, I like that. We'll have, I'll have to, I'll have to bring that up to him. Um, but what I, sorry, were you yeah. still? So, um, but yeah, in 2020, when I started coming back and, and kind of getting really, you know, bought in with it, um, we were doing all, obviously all that at home lessons and things like that. And, um, 
yeah, it was, he just made it a point that he wanted to read the Book of Mormon. And every day, he probably had about 30, 45 minute sessions where he would just go in his room, listen to the audio yeah. of it, and he would read through with it. And he ended up crushing the Book of Mormon, I want to say, in like two months. I was going to say, if he's doing it that, like those long of sessions yeah. fairly consistently, that does not, that's not going to take that long. Yeah, he crushed it. He immediately moved on to Doctrine and Covenants. He <laughs> crushed that within like two months. Yeah. And then went to the New Testament. I think he skipped the Old Testament. <laughs> it's hard to blame him. In the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, In the beginning the of Testament. a long time. Yeah, went to the New Testament and crushed that. Yeah. Right? And again, it was like two. So he had read like three of, of the quad in 2020. Dude. And my mom, when he, when he, talk about momentum, right. When he, when, uh, when he finished the book of Mormon, he comes out and he goes, I finished it. And my mom goes, did you do the challenge? Right. And the challenge is right. You read the book of Mormon, you get on your knees, you ask Heavenly father, is this book true? And you know, hope that you get, you know, confirmation. Right. I feel like I know what's coming. We keep going. He told my mom, he goes, I don't need to do that. I knew it. I knew that was coming, dude. <laughs> I it's like I don't I already do it's been confirmed. I yeah, he's like are you like I don't need to ask if this is true. He's like 100%. He's like I knew that halfway through. It's like seeing the similarities in our lives today. He's like and he's already likening the scriptures to his life, right? Yeah. He's read it before, right? He's already ha he already has that foundation there. It's just getting re reignited like you were talking about earlier, right? It's 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 not letting it the flame is kind of burned out just like everybody goes through. It grows dimmer at yeah. times. But when like you that, feed yeah. it, you turn it into a blaze. You turn it into a wildfire. It's you know? right. Like, and that's what it is. And then, you know, if you think about a wildfire, right? Like it's going to attack other things. That's right. right. It's going to, it's going to impact other people. Right. So if true. You can be that beacon, go and be it. So, so yeah. Um, back to the. Well, so we'll, cause we'll get to that. Cause yeah. we'll talk about you in a second when it comes to that freaking wildfire but and before we do though because i want to give like basically i feel like your parents like dude like your parents are such a demonstration to me of faith and i didn't know your dad i don't know was that recent for your dad that he was regularly coming back yeah and 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 a key part of that is that he never he never turned his back no, he, never, that never, never happened. It was just that he was maybe a little bit more cavalier about his attendance right. and his, 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 like what he wanted to. His beliefs are still there. They're his beliefs still. were always there. It was how he wanted to kind of instill it into his life. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, um, and throughout all that, your mom basically never faltered. Now, granted, everybody's light has dimmer moments and brighter moments, all that stuff, but your mom never faltered and your dad always supported that. And yeah. so you have these two people that have this amazing relationship and it all circulates around the church still. Yeah. And they're kind of like, well, why, like, where does this end? What does this look like? Like, what are we doing this for? And they know what they're doing it for. And it, that is for eternity. But to see you, their last child go through the temple to get endowed is that was special man yeah. like the emotion that they felt was so real your mom right out the gate right out the gate 
was just like I could see it. I could see it right when she entered into it. Right when she was in the chapel, she was. It was incredible to watch that and your response to that. And then your dad was just so. I mean, he was just so happy. He was just happy. He's just like, this is my boy. Like, this is my boy. This is my. And the way he talks about all three of his kids, by the way, is really cool. Yeah. It like there. It's it's. I mean. Anyway, we don't need to get into that too much, but like it was really cool hearing him talk about seriously all three of you. Yeah. Um, and then you rounded them out, and your dad commented on that, and he and he and he sends you this text message. Yeah. Let's see. If do you want to read it? If you want to read it, I want you to. Uh, I'll, I'll read a I'll or read bits a piece and pieces. Yeah, yeah, I'll read a piece of it because I think the biggest thing was um, it's the. Uh, It's the clarity that he felt, which was so cool to me. Um, so yeah, my mom was back to just to kind of round off the parents thing is like, my mom was a rock. Yeah. She's always been the rock. She was the anchor of the family. Right? She's the anchor, right? We, Oliver, they struggled with their testimonies in their early twenties. Um, that's why they didn't get married in the temple right away. Right. That's why it took them till all the kids were born. You know, because they were they were all in, but there was still some some residual, you know, childhood, I would say, you know, and I think I can say that now because I I look at it the same way. Um, and it's she was that rock. She always did, you know, everything that she could. And I think I've said this before, me being the smart Alec that I am, um, she would go to church when I would come back in the off season and I go pray for me. Right. Pray for me, mom. You know, me being smart out, but she really was, right? And it was come to hindsight 2020 type thing. That was my Heavenly Father telling me to tell her that just so she knew. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, Sherry, keep praying for him. Yeah. Because it'll, it'll, it'll work. It'll work. Right. And yesterday was the culmination of it. Dude. Right. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm realizing, right? The clarity, right? Through these transgressions that I put myself through, the choices that I made but the clarity that was received from everything has just been second to none. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, so with the changes that they made literally on Wednesday, implemented immediately, okay, the more in-depth of, you know, and, and clarification and Christ-centered, you know, yeah. within within the church. And obviously I don't know any different, right? Yeah, that's pretty so funny. Cool, yeah. Right? Like yeah, I, cool. I just, that's the way it is and I'm good to go. Um but with the more in-depth and, and explaining of things, um, my dad goes, I have never felt like I did today in the temple before. Uh, a lot of it was a blur for me. Things just seemed clear for me today. And it was so cool to, to, to read that. And there's some other stuff in there, but you know, it's like that little bit of clarity that he felt because that was my mindset kind of going in. Right. Like I invited, I, <laughs> I wanted to sell out the temple, <laughs> right? That was my goal. And everybody, right. everybody always had the same reaction. They were like, Brian, these tickets are not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> was that the, was that the term I coined? What? Sell out the temple? That you sold out the temple? Uh, I wanted I wanted to fill out the session, but I think you might have said that. I use it yeah. like I, to me because it kind of seemed like a concert. It's like, dude, I don't, I yeah. can't even get tickets. Yeah, right. There's it no turned more. into that. There's no more seats. Yeah, which yeah. turned into, which is so funny. 
But like I invited people because I know that, you know, their family may be struggling, right? They may have a son or daughter that, that have stepped away from the church, right? That aren't outright, you know, dis, like disowning the church, but just aren't active, right? But I have, you know, or I have friends that I grew up with that I had as, as examples for me growing up, right? But I was never as convicted as they were, right? Me comparing myself to them, which is a, one of the worst things we can all do. Yeah, because right? we don't know what they're dealing with in their head and, and you know, spiritually, physically, whatever it is. Um, people that I grew up with playing baseball, right? People that I grew up going to school with, people that I grew up playing baseball against, inviting them, right? One of the only LDS guys growing up in town was Taylor Cole that I knew that I played against on multiple occasions. He uh, and he was always an example to me. He didn't play on Sundays. That was one thing that he he and his parents, they did not do. He went up going on his mission, went to BYU, got drafted, played, just retired this year. He was there? He was at BYU, yeah. No, I mean, he was there yesterday? Yeah, he was there yesterday. I don't even know who that was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're like, dude, there were millions. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I know, there were so there many people. There were 70 people. I would do, it was like, like I was just kind of like, hey, man, like, you do your thing. <laughs> this is like a wedding reception. I'm like, this is like yeah. it really was. Yeah. Dude, that's so true. Yeah. It felt like that. I felt like I was getting pulled in a hundred different directions. I know. And I was like, listen, I'll, I'll get so much. I'll, I'll get my crack at him when, yeah. it, when it's when he's ready, like when right. he's got a second. We're at, the, we're at the house, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I because I was just like. Because I, especially in the celestial room too, I was yeah. like, I'm not gonna just go up to him and be like, "Congrats, man!" Because it's like, there's a, like a couple things we can talk about, yeah. and I know I want I wanted to, and I was like, I'll let him, like we can. Can you did right away? You came yeah. up with two things. You're like, these are two things I want to talk about. But anyway, but um, yeah, just having the impact. I I knew it was for myself, right? But I also wanted to be at the service of other people, right? And I wanted to be, I, I was the, I was the little pebble in, in a pond, right? That I was being thrown into the water, right? But I wanted those ripples to be the effect that I could have on other people, right? I wanted to help and use the blessings that I was going to receive yesterday to affect everybody else. Yeah. Right. And with that text right there, that was confirmation being like, yeah, you did. Right. To, to one of the people that's had one, one of the biggest impacts on your life. Right. The, yeah. How you were able to kind of pay that back to some degree. Right. Exactly. And I think that's what it came down to. Right. Yeah. Also was like there was one of the ladies that I invited was a uh, was the athletic director's secretary that's at right. my high school. That's right. Jill Horton. Yeah. Sister, Sister Horton. OK. She wasn't Miss Horton at the school. She was Sister Horton. Everybody. She's. She's the sweet That's old so funny. grandma that everybody loved. She was the grandma of the school. Yeah. Right? You anybody had any problems, especially in the athletic department, right? Like it was like, you go talk to Sister Harden. She's amazing, right? That's and awesome. All she dude. does is love. That's all she she has such a big heart, right? And I didn't have that with a lot of, you know, leaders in the church, right? I had I had a few that I leaned on that were amazing. And then others that I just like, ah, I don't know, right? It is what it is. Yeah. Right. But when those people like that just love you for who you are, right, you can't help but be like, I just want to thank you. And I ended up telling her that. I told her, I said, I don't know how much you 
I don't know if you know how much you've meant to me. Like, just the love that you gave me in high school. Me being able to go in and see your face and you just smile and just, you know, oh, Brian, you're just, you're so, you're great. Like, just giving me that, like, that meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. And I and I wanted to tell her that. And I'm so happy I got to tell her that in the selection room. It was just, it was amazing. Oh, dude, right? of all places. Right? Yeah. It's amazing. It was, it was just so cool. And, like, just every, I mean, my bishop was there. You were there. Um, my people from my, they literally just moved in like six months ago in my ward, right? They were there because we've connected on things, you know, and I have. The only reason we're uh, certainly as close as we are, not, I wouldn't necessarily say the only reason we're friends, but the only reason we're close, as close as we are is the gospel. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. That doesn't mean like if that were to ever change the like gospel dynamic between us that we wouldn't be as close anymore. I mean, that's fixed. Yeah. But we got to this point because of the gospel. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, but yeah, just being a ripple for, for as many people as I could. And that's why I wanted to sell out the temple. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I wanted every... And I, and I think the other thing too was hearing the testimonies of people and their belief of the blessings that they receive in the temple. You know, and going and just sitting in the celestial room. You know, and not not their first time, but you know... 10th, 20th, 100th time, right? You know of all these amazing blessings that are that are available to us there. And that's what I wanted to tap into because of these testimonies that I've heard for so many years, right? President Nelson, right? Everything ends, all, all of our, you know, roads lead to the temple, right? And that's the way it should be. All of our tents should be facing the temple, right? That's right. What is that, Mosiah? Yeah, it's Mosiah. Yeah. Ooh, well your boys get... Was getting on your level now, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, good. like the you know facing our tents towards there, right? Always looking onward and upward, you know, going forward, right? Always pointing north, you know. Mm, nice. Um. But yeah, it was. Uh, I think my mindset going in was I wanted to be as prepared as possible, right? I I end up finding a talk from two thousand one from President President Nelson then. First counselor, I believe. No, he wasn't Second. in the first presidency. No, he wasn't. Okay. I don't know if he ever was. I don't think he ever was. Okay. Yeah. So, was it? He apostle. was. He was at that point. He probably the lead apostle, though, right? Actually, technically, it would have been Monson, Monson. but Monson right. was a counselor, so he might have been the acting. I believe acting yeah. president of the Quorum of the Twelve is okay. very likely at that point. Yeah. So he he gave you he gave me seven topics to look up. It was uh, atonement, um, sacrifice, covenant, uh, fall of Adam. Uh, um, temples and I think there was two more and I can't remember um, but also reading Pearl of Great Price with Moses and Abraham and you know diving into it oh Melchizedek priesthood I think that was in there as well um, just reading those things and I remember yeah because you brought that up yeah so us, and yeah. I wanted to do that within the next it was three weeks it was a three week gap of from when I met with um, the stake president to the 10th that I decided on. I'm calling up that Tuesday to Temple and, and booking that. So, uh, just in two and a half weeks, I was I had to read that, and I, I ended up doing it. Um, and yeah, I just want to be as prepared as possible. And you know, talking to to you and and to Clay and you know to family and just you know what to expect and and things like that. And um, I had the mindset of it going in and being. You know, it's not going to be weird, okay? I didn't like the negative connotation that weird comes with. 
And I don't know how many people I corrected on that, but I made it a point because actually it was in my temple prep class that they talked about that because they're like, it's not weird. So I don't like, I don't want you guys to think it is. And I love that because it's like, yeah, it shouldn't be. Is it different? Yes. But is it beautiful? Yeah. Is it, is it an amazing experience? Yeah. Is it serious? Yes. Is it reverent? Is it spiritual? Is it all of the above, right? All of these amazing things? Yes. And that's the connotation and, and the mindset that we should all have going in there. And everybody should know while you're going in there, right? Along those lines, I thought, shout out to, I don't, I don't know if she'd be listening to this, but Audrey. Yeah. Audrey Chuck. She's been on the pod before. She was on speaker in a conversation with us. And um, I, you, you loved what she said and certainly resonated with me. One of her friends made the point where he's like, if we did the sacrament in the temple, people would think that's weird. Yeah. And the fact that we do the sacrament every week in church, it's not weird because it's it just happens more, it's more frequent. Yeah. But because we're rare, like it's rare what we do in the temple, it's like people like to use that connotation that it's weird, which I agree with. Like weird is a negative connotation and that's why if I even talk about it having differences in our everyday life or even Sunday lives, I say unique. Yeah. Cuz even then, I don't think we need to really apply any terms to it. No. Because it's godly. Yeah. It's, it's eternal. Like, <laughs> it's, a heaven, it's a heavenly culture, and I've said like, this also. Hopefully it's not unique for that long. Like, that, like, that's not, even though unique is not a negative connotation, it's still like, hopefully it's not. I don't want it to be unique. I want it to be normal. I want it to be all the time. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> There's no doubt. Um, it's just, it, it's a heavenly cultural experience mm -hmm. right and that's what i kind of picked up from it right like we have you have african tribes that dress up for their ceremonies you have you know mayans and incans that dressed up in these you know ceremonial robes and garb and all this stuff that you know is something that they did culturally you know native americans right going to powwows and and things like that like that is it's it's a step up right they don't wear that in their normal lives right but is that something that's part of their culture that they do for special occasions. And that's exactly what the temple is, right? It's our special occasion that we take very seriously. It's something not of this world. And, you know, it's it's his culture. It's not, you know, this culture that we're here. It's also only the beginning. Yeah. That's something that probably goes under discussed a little bit. It's like, if you can't take the temple for how it is now, good luck yeah. lasting in the celestial kingdom. Because this literally talks about in the temple, it, I mean, obviously I'm not going to say specifics, but it's a gateway. Yeah. Like it's about what it's prepping us to become. Yeah. So if that's just the preparation, imagine what's in store for us later. And I'm not saying that from like how daunting it'll be. I'm talking about how much it'll open your mind. Yeah. And that Skousen talk that we still haven't really been able to talk about in depth, but the true meaning of the atonement. Yeah. I mean, he says right now our temporal bodies can create other temporal bodies. We don't know how to uh, enact the ordinance of creating spiritual bodies. Yeah. Or that's not, obviously yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, but you're right. It's not a spiritual body, but spirits, right? Yeah. We, don't, we don't know how to create spirits. We, sh we are capable, yeah. but we don't know how. And that's all, that's what's coming, that's what's next. It's not going to happen while we're here on this earth because this temple is just meant to, to prep us for the next, like next life, right? Without mm -hmm. the veil and all that. That's where we learn those type of things. Yeah. So there's just yeah. so much more to come is my point. Yeah. It's if you're having a hard time grasping 
the elements of the temple now. Well, I'll pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, but no, it was, and, and like I said, it was, it's so hard to put in words, right? What I felt yesterday, because just the, from, from, from the walk in the door, right? Like, it was so cool. I, I ended up asking my, my, my guide, <laughs> Clay, Clay George brought me through the church and, or through the temple. And it was, um, I had him say a little prayer for us before. And we sat in my car, parked in the parking lot and, you know, asked him to say a prayer for, for me and for, for us going through. And just, that was such a cool start. And I think every time I go and I, and I'd already mentioned one thing that I'd like to do, um, writing down my, yeah. my thoughts and feelings of that day. Um, but you should also, by the way, this is something that I've never done. And I feel like it's too late now. Granted, I could start whenever, but it was a cool thing that a guy that I went to the, I was in the MTC with, he was in my district. We actually were in the same room. Um, he, at the time, was always writing down the names that he oh. took through the temple. Yeah, I like that. Well, I'll start with my so own. Maybe, maybe, yeah, right? You start with your own. And then maybe that's something you want to do too. Yeah. And you already have an idea of the second name you're going to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's going to be amazing. For sure. Um, cliffhanger on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd i like to do the same type thing. I pull into the parking lot of, of the temple, say a prayer, right? And I think that just sets the tone, right? It sets that that spiritual, you know, reverent tone that needs to be had going into the temple. Um, and, you know, just the amazing temple workers, right? Like... <laughs> My buddy Clay goes, there's two different types of temple workers. The real serious ones, and then the ones that crack the jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're really, that's a really good point. <laughs> it's so good. The ones that are serious, you have a hard time, like the love isn't as palpable. Right. But the ones that crack the jokes, you're like, gosh, this person's so loving. Yeah. I'm not saying that they have to crack jokes in order for you to feel no. that. But you can and just like feel their... it's not taking away from the, the, right. the spirit or anything yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. just, you know, hey... Like, They're a little more loose. Yeah. They're a little more... Like, just, not so you know, tight. Hey, no, and, the, and the one joke that I got was, you know, right when I was getting all in my, in my uh, temple whites and, you know, whatever. And uh, it was just, you know, make, make sure you, you know, look at yourself and take it all in. You know, know, know that you look good. All right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, build me up, man. I'm like, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't, you don't even know me, but like, you know how that's speaking your language <laughs> right. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Which again, that he didn't have to say that to me. Yeah. Right. Like he had the urge to say that. Right. And it's just, maybe he says it to everybody. Right. But it just means a whole lot more to me. Right. It's just, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but no, it's like, uh, it, it's just you going from that. You see the temple workers. You go through stuff, and then I go into the chapel, and my mom, she, uh, and you kind of already talked about this, but I, I had to mention. It. It's just if there's somebody I cannot see cry, cannot see cry, is my mom, and the joy. the joy that she brought into that room, right? As much as people said that I was glowing, she was glowing with with happiness and joy and, and you know, 
I don't like again. Sorry, I don't. I hope I didn't give you a hangover by this word. No, it is. You're 100 percent right. Like, you know, excitement. There's a context you can apply to it, right? And it's. But it's it's when people use pride that way, it's not. They're not saying prideful. They're saying, honestly, they're talking about how happy they are more than anything, and just happy. What they're feeling is God's love, right? More than anything, exactly. And I think that was the biggest thing that I felt the entire time I was there. That spirit was just so, so strong. You can't, you can't beat it. Mm-mm. You can't. And I and I and I have had some amazing moments, right? Like getting my patriarchal blessing, amazing experience, right? When I walked out of the patriarch's house, it was like I was walking through the cloud clouds almost to like get to my car. I was just like such in like this like fog almost because it just felt like I wasn't present when I was in there. It was absolutely amazing. Getting my, the getting Melchizedek priesthood, right? Did it in my front room, right? Because that was during COVID. That was during 2020. Brought in the state president, brought in the bishop and, you know, brought in my family and friends. And I'm like, how cool is this? How intimate is this, right? Sure. I do this in my home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. Patriarchs are amazing, man. They're, yeah. Patriarchs are like a special type. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you go, you go through the temple and, you know, I, I, I feel like I did it the right way and I was open and, and, you know, it was, I don't have any words to the way I felt. And the only word I think is just amazing. It really was. It was amazing. Right. And as simple as that word is, right. And and as, as frequent as that word gets used, it's, it's literally the, the word that I can think of. Right. Truly, truly amazing, you know, awe-inspiring. It's just, I can go on and on. Right? Godly the, man. The word one, the one word is, is it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And I just hope that people go in, not only first time, but you know, maybe they're returning, coming back, whatever. They're going for the hundredth, thousandth, whatever time, right? And I hope that they, if they're struggling with that aspect of being like, why can't I feel the spirit anymore? right go back to the basics go back to the abc one two threes go back to read the pearl of great price go back and read those seven topics that that president nelson gave us right go back and be reminded of those things because i'll tell you what reading all of that information before going in it was just like oh i just read this oh i just read this oh i just read this it was like oh and then it's like you're able to like, oh, I know that. And then you're able to pick up on other things that you may not know, right? Or like one-liners that are absolutely hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) How much money you got? Enough. Enough for what? (laughs) Inside joke. That's right. That's right. Um, But yeah, it's just, it was so, it was so, so cool. Oh, I mean... Can I talk about my my buddy's my buddy's dad? Oh, um, I think like you absolutely can. I would say maybe the only thing that gives me this is how I would put it okay. is there's a place not to give away too much, but the, especially when you're going through the for the first time, where you have to repeat certain words that are part of a covenant that you're making essentially. And you have to have somebody help you through that 
Okay. To get to get to essentially what you would how you would enter the the celestial room. Okay. Yeah. So he helped me through that. And he he was the he was the he temple was worker. Yeah, he was the temple worker that was there and wasn't even working at the time. Yeah. Literally, they were they were short on temple workers, and they asked you know anybody that works the temple, and he normally works Tuesday nights, and ends up being the guy to help me through everything. And I'm just like, how cool is this, right? Like he wasn't even supposed to be working, but then he goes up and helps, you know, people out, and I'm just like, man, like how cool is that? Yeah, it's right? amazing. Somebody that was like another dad to me. That's not just happenstance. Me, and, me yeah. and my me and his son were literally on the same t-ball team and played on the same team the entire time yeah all the way into high school right one of my best friends growing up it's crazy and it's just like it's so cool everything that just boom 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 walk just worked in sentence like laid in place perfectly right through him we are perfected through him you see perfection you see the organization that he has right like the OCD that he has that I have that I am so, like that I just click with. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like this is part like this is perfect. Everything is boom, boom, boom. Right. Well, you and you get a taste of Zion. Yeah. You get a taste of what that's like because you're like of one heart, one mind, like law of consecration, like like that really does only work in a Zion setting. And you're kind of like, I get it. Like, I get that a little bit better now. With these people, yeah. these people that just are there because they love the Lord. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome, man. I, uh, I can't wait to go back. I'm so excited, man. I really am. Love it, man. Yeah, I am. It's a, it's a commitment, and you know, but it was a commitment that I was ready for. Just like I said earlier, I have done everything possible to do it on my time, my timeline, my path. You know, and and not only my path, but his path for me. It's funny. I wouldn't even necessarily say that like, these weren't active decisions you were making. You weren't saying like, oh, I'm going to be ready later. You were just living your life. Yeah. And, and letting it come to me. And that's the thing is that you weren't trying to force anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to because I know how serious it is. Yeah. I think right? that's a key part. I know of that. how every step is yeah. very much more of a, a, a step in the right direction, but a more, you know, serious per se there's a direction there's a really cool actually a really cool vision that joseph f smith shares that he had um i can't remember at what age it was it might have been when he was young like a young missionary in hawaii he served at like 14 i think or maybe it was 17 i can't remember he he uh led the helped lead an oxen team when he was like 12 or something like that into utah into salt lake but Anyway, you're going to like this. He says he had a vision of that he knew he was going to see his uncle, the prophet Joseph Smith. And his dad, Hiram, yeah. died with him, obviously. So he hadn't seen his dad for a while. But he, in order, he was very dirty for some reason. And he had to, uh, he knew he was going to go through to see his uncle again. And he saw some new clothes there and he realized how dirty he was. So he took his time, got cleaned up, took a shower all that stuff, got clean, groomed himself, came in, I guess, through this door, and this angel said, you're late. And he said, yeah, but I'm clean. (laughs) I love that. 
It's labor's in the vineyard, man. Yes, dude. I love that. I yeah. We may be late, but we're here. Yeah. Right. And we're but we're clean. But we're clean and we're good, right? Like we're convicted. That's right. All the above. Never asked. Like, they never asked a certain timeline. No. You you wouldn't you wouldn't say that to Jacob before he came to Israel. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't like, say that Jacob, to Alma Jacob the younger. Like, yeah. Like you wouldn't say that to to uh, Paul. Exactly. Right. Like they may have their own personal regrets about how they acted along the way. Yep. I I know I do. We all do. We all have. We're not perfect. But yeah, the we're timeline. Not we all have trials. That's right. right. There's only one perfect being. His name is Jesus Christ. That's right. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. With that, that's a wrap. Yeah, I love it, man. So so cool. So yeah, till we till we meet again. Till we meet again. <laughs> Later. That'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for checking in, everyone. If you liked what you heard today, I ask super quickly if you could just follow or subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating, give it a review, tell your friends about it. All of that stuff helps me quite a bit. Watching the growth has been super humbling and motivating to keep going, and I could not possibly appreciate all of you more. Sitting on my table, I'm watching As everything's changing my mind Goes to a different time Old love, I remember falling so madly There must have been magic in the valley And a rhythm in the night Cause I could almost see it Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time